Welcome to Group Work. I'm your host, Katie K. May, and I interview mental health therapists to find out what happens in the space where group therapy takes place. Take a deep breath and find your seat inside the circle. This episode of Group Work is about to get started. Today, I'm welcoming Erica Tatum Shade. Erica is a licensed clinical social worker and certified Daring Way facilitator practicing in Scottsdale, Arizona. She's the co-owner of Integrated Mental Health Associates, where she sees clients six through 24 and gets to provide both group and individual sessions. Her passion for helping girls and women achieve their best sense of self led to the creation of GEMS, Girls Empowered, Motivated, and Strong. I can't wait to learn more about this group today. Hey, Erica. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to chat with you today. I remember we did your branding videos a few years ago, and I was like, every single one you just knocked out of the park. So... (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Yes, it's true. You have great things to say, and I'm excited to hear about what you're up to and your group. And I wanted to, I was thinking about this. I wanted to understand a little bit more about what led you to be a daring way facilitator. I have like a love hate relationship with Brene Brown, and I'm very transparent about that. Like, and I think it's that I love her work, and sometimes I don't like her, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Okay. There's nuances to that. But anyway, I'm curious. I'm always curious because I like people that are into the work and and I'm curious what brought you there. So one, just because her work is everywhere, right? Yeah. Like you, you can't really escape her work. And for me, one of the things that I was having a hard time with is I felt like there were certain voices missing from the work. Right. So when we talk about shame and things like that, I didn't I felt like the the sample section was not some of the people I was working with. And so when the opportunity came to actually be certified in it with her team, I thought this is going to be a great opportunity to really get to like the kind of like the backstage pass of like, how did you come up with this and why do we do it this way? And I was very fortunate. It was actually the last certification class they were doing and then COVID hit. So they haven't done any since then, but she was open to the conversation too about, you know, there's certain voices that are missing from this. So what's the plan? Like what's the next step to make sure that when we're talking about shame resiliency, we're looking at all cultures and all people and not just as very, I always call it like the soccer mom version of shame resiliency. So Erica, you're speaking to exactly what my problem with Brene Brown is. Is like she is not the authority on all voices. Like this, this white woman from the South is not like, you know, the voice of our entire generation. I think, and so that's what always bothered me. I love that you brought that to the work, and even to her. Did were you able to deliver that to her? Is that part of what happened? We did. So our last day, and there were probably, I want to say like 10 or 15 women of color that were at this training of like hundreds of people. And so the last day we were able, we we planned it. We're like, we're all going to sit at the table right in the front. And as soon as they ask for questions, let's start bringing up like this stuff. And so we had a spokesperson who was really good at like talking. And so we're like, Hey, here's what we want you to say for us. And, and she was receptive to it. And she'll tell you and she'll admit like she's not the voice for everybody. And she's having conversations with other people. And that's that's what we wanted. And I don't think at the time that information wasn't out there. Like she's putting that out there now, but that wasn't 
put out before. And so, so it is nice to hear someone say, I get it, I understand, and now let's shift and figure out how do we make sure everybody's included. I love that. Thank you for opening my eyes to that. It's helpful to hear more information <laughs> and context. And you work with specifically teen girls and women. Tell me a little bit more about your niche and, and we'll build into your teen girl self-esteem group from there. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because I started my like therapy career and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm only going to work with little kids. Like I only want to work with, you Same. know, eight and under. <laughs> like I don't want to, don't want to do adults, don't want to do teens. And I just kind of found that one, as the kids I was working with were getting older, I didn't want to say goodbye, right? It wouldn't be like, oh, you're 10, can't see you anymore, like kind of thing like that. But I noticed that a lot of the teens that started to come to me had almost the same thing in common, right? But it was the same struggles that my friends as adults were struggling with. And so I was like, okay, this is starting here. And if we can address it, when we're 12 and 13, maybe we're not getting to 30 and 40, still feeling like I'm not good enough or feeling like I'm not doing enough. And so it kind of transitioned into, I started getting a lot more teens. Once I did the certification, one of the requirements for the Dairy My certification is you have to run a group. And so I was like, all right, well, I guess now I'm working with adults because now I got to run this group. And I loved it. Like I absolutely loved it. Just hearing mm-hmm. no, I'll say this. I still won't see adults as individuals. <laughs> like I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I love play therapy too much. I'm not giving that up, but, but doing the groups with women and providing that space, it was like, oh, wow, I wish this would have been provided for me. Like, I wish I would have had an opportunity to do something like that. So it just kind of worked out perfect with the way I approach life and how I see things that this kind of fell into my lap that I can still support people in a way that they need. Amazing. I like what you're saying too about being able to support adults in the group setting and, you know, seeing them individually, not necessarily being your jam. I think that I, like you, appreciate working with teenagers and it's it's a bit proactive and it's also, you know, support and skill building, but it's like catching them where there's still, there's still the ability to make those shifts more impactfully where it doesn't turn mm-hmm. into, you know, something that's more embedded in adulthood. Yes. Yeah. So you're really influencing young minds here. (laughs) Tell me about GEMS. Like, what does it stand for? Remind us. I read it already, but remind us and then tell us like the development, the evolution of it. Yeah. So it stands for Girls Empowered, Motivated, and Strong. And how it kind of, and I have to give my sister a little bit of credit because I was struggling with, with the S. I was like, I don't know what I want the S to be, but I know I want it to be a diamond, right? And I was like, diamond is too long to break down to anything. So let's we'll just go with gems. And because the thought behind it was our kids and our girls, especially are under so much pressure, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot that goes on in the world with social media, with school, with family stuff. And they're just, they're all under so much pressure. And we know that diamonds form under intense pressure. And so, Love. so I started with just that. And then I was like, okay, now let's figure out how to make this a group? How do we make this something? And the goal of the group is when you enter in, you're learning, how do I figure out who I am as a person? And at the end of the group, you're able to say, this is who I am. So we're going through the developing the foundation and the skills that you need. My sister came up with the S as strong, because like I said, I can get them empowered. I can get them motivated. You're like, you know, and they're girls. So that part is solved, but I struggled with that for so long. So it's like smart sounds kind of cheesy because, yeah, you know, 
you hear that and you're like, well, what if I'm not an academic kid? Does that mean I can't do this? Right. And she came up with a strong meaning, not just like I can carry everything, but I know who I am and I can stand on my own two feet and I know when it's too much. So strong in that sense of like, I, I can support myself. Chills. What's your sister's name? Let's give her a shout out. <laughs> her name is Katrina Titus. She's a school teacher in Texas. So <laughs> woof, woof. Katrina, nice yeah. job. <laughs> yes. I love the whole concept too. It, it's like coming home to yourself, figuring out who you are. What's the age range that you generally see in this group? So we actually start the group in third grade. So we take eight-year-olds, yeah, and we'll go all the way up to high school. They're divided into, so we have an elementary group, a middle school group, and a high school group. So they're divided Mm -hmm. by grade, not necessarily by age. So third through fifth, and then sixth through eighth, and then ninth through twelfth. Do you have an unofficial favorite age range out of those three? (laughs) So they get so mad at me (laughs) right now. We're actually doing a group right now, two groups, and I have siblings in the group Mm -hmm. and they will be like, well, they, you said that they were your favorite group and then we're not your favorite group. The high school group is difficult, right? Mm -hmm. And, but difficult in a good way, right? Because they are, they're more quiet and shy then, you know, then my elementary, elementary girls come in and tell you everything. Yeah. They don't, they don't even things I'm like, oh, that's not what we're talking about today. Let's, let's move over here. Like no filter. <laughs> yeah. No filter. High school is very filtered. There's like, it takes them a couple of sessions to start mm-hmm. opening up, but I will say middle school is probably my favorite just because they are so, they're so ready for it. Like they're looking for that place where they can come and just be like, okay, this is what's happening. Help me with this or or teach me how to handle this situation. Here in Arizona, middle school is actually only seventh and eighth grade. So it's also interesting to have sixth graders in there Mm -hmm. with some of our seventh and eighth graders, because they're also learning like, okay, next year I'm going to go off to this other school. Yeah. And I have no clue what it's going to be like because I've been in such a small environment. So even just watching their connection with each other is kind of cool. That's awesome. I think that it is such like, it's such an interesting age to those middle schoolers. I remember yeah. trying to fill, or I did fill a middle school group way back when in my private practice when I was solo. And it was like, some of them were really mature and some of them were still children and it, it didn't work. We ended up having to split it out into different groups because it was just weird is the only word I can say. And they all agreed. Yeah. Do you find that like for your groups, people gel pretty easily? Yeah. And, and so what's kind of interesting about the group is it's really, it's divided into three rounds. And so I have a lot of girls that sign up in the fall and they stay with it the whole year, you know? And so that makes it a little bit easier, especially when there's new people kind of popping in because you already have this one or two people who are like, oh, I know how this works. I know how to make right. this person feel comfortable. I laugh because there's one girl who's been with me since elementary group. And this is going to be her last year in the middle school group. And so we're like, oh, you're going to come back for high school. Like you're going to have to come up with new stuff now if you're going to keep coming back. But it, I, it is interesting to have a group where there's only like one or two like ninth graders yeah. and mostly seniors. So that there's an interesting dynamic there because seniors are more focused on what's the next step of adulthood. And my freshmen are just like, okay, well, I just started, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but they all end up coming together. And then we do a lot of, you know, icebreakers that force us to kind of outside of our comfort zone and talking to people Mm -hmm. that we don't usually talk to, to kind of have that group cohesiveness. Yes. 
Tell me about some of the group activities or like, you know, start to finish group structure of one group. What could I expect? Oh, that's so tough. And I was like <laughs> racking my brain about it because there's a good time. <laughs> yeah. We, so we start with a skeleton outline, right? So we know, okay, over the next eight weeks, these are the things we're going to focus on. Like, what are your values? What do you stand for? Like, how do you set boundaries? And what typically happens is I have a great ideal of like, oh, we're going to do this activity today. And then they walk in and they have a completely different ideal of what we're going to do with this activity. And so the girls really define where we go with it. I provide the basics and then they kind of mm-hmm. provide the meat for it. An activity we do every single group, I don't care if you've done the group 15 times, like you're doing this activity, is the mask I wear. And so it's just a paper mache mask. And we've done it a couple of different ways. The way I really like to do it is I have them decorate it the first day. Who are you on the outside? You know, who, how does the world see you? And then we come back to it after a couple of sessions and they decorate the inside with, okay, who are you truly on the inside now that they've kind of understood what values are and kind of have some understand full understanding of who they are because we don't none of us have that until we're like maybe 60 when we figure it out finally (laughs) but just watching it evolve and so Mm. for girls who have done group more than once I keep the mask and we can pull it out and go back and say well last year this is where you were at and look where you're at today and some of them get super creative of just like how they paint it or what they add to it and so it's just really cool watching that because it's like the one the one piece that they get to present to us before we know anything about them because it's the first session. Right. And so it's before we've heard their secrets or know all of these things and they get to show up the way they want to show up. I love that. It's so powerful too. I've done the inside outside activity, but all within the context of one group, the way that you do it is genius where they really like they're getting to know themselves and each other for several sessions before they come back and talk about the inside. And I love the comparisons year to year, like the different parts of you that show up as you evolve. Yeah, it's super cool. And some of them at the end want to take them and I'm like, please let me keep it. It's so cool. Like I want to show somebody else, but they're always like, no, I'm going to keep it. And I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) How, if at all, do you include caregivers in this process? Like what do they know about group week to week? Are they asking for more information? I'm always curious because we work with teens and caregivers, whether we like it or not, are a part of that. So, yes. So in the elementary group, they right before COVID, we included workbooks because Mm -hmm. and we were so happy we decided to do that because then we had a shift to online and we're like, oh, what do we do if you don't have the material? So in the elementary group, we end each session where they write two things that they learned from group. And those are the Mm -hmm. conversation starters that they can use at home. They don't always want to use those conversations, sorry, but just to keep the parents looped in. The third and final round of the group in all of the groups, the parents actually participate at the end. So they get to come in wow. and share with like the changes they've seen in their kid throughout the group. Mm-hmm. And the girls don't usually know unless they've done it before. Like they don't usually know the parents are coming. So they're they're actually like quite surprised. And sure. They write them a letter and they talk about like, you know, eight weeks ago, this is where I saw you, this is where I see you now. Other than that, it's really up to the kids to keep their parents looped in. Like, obviously, I'll answer questions if they have questions, but I leave it up to the girls to walk out and say, this is what I did today. This is what I've learned. And we tell parents that from the get-go. We want them to come to you and start having these conversations versus us saying, this is the summary from group. And, you know, we want it to be an opening for them. There's something really congruent about that, though, like the ability or the empowerment of your clients to mm-hmm. tell their caregivers or loved ones what they're working on versus you having right. that voice for them, right? Like it makes perfect sense. 
and they each get something different right? Like we can be talking about, you know, boundaries, but you might only take one little piece of that lesson that applies to you. So me sending out a summary or saying, this is what we did today, that might not be what they got from it, right? And so then the parents are like, what am I paying for if you're not doing this? And it's like, no, they got what they needed from the space. Right. I love that. What's your favorite part of group? Like, it sounds like the masks are a big part (laughs) for you. Is there anything else that stands out as like, this is why you do what you do? So it's kind of crazy. So there are two things that really jump out. One, when somebody signs up to do it again, right? Mm-hmm. When before the group is over, they're like, hey, I'm coming back, you know, in the fall or I'm coming back in the spring because this helped me so much. So like that, that's my favorite part of knowing that they actually got something from it. And then our closing ceremony. So we started doing this a few years ago where each girl presents one of the other girls with a strength or a character trait that they've observed about them throughout the group. So everybody leaves with like a gift from somebody else. So, you know, I give you the gift of courage and like things like that. And then they, they have a rock and a piece of wood. And so they decorate the rock, which is like, what's going to keep you grounded now that you're leaving this group, what, what are you taking? That's going to keep you grounded. And then the piece of wood, they are talking about where they, where they had like a lot of growth. So I learned that I can be enough for things like that. And they leave the piece of wood with me and that gets shown to the next group. So they're setting up the girls coming in for the next group of like, this is what I gained from the group. And and the girls don't know this part either. They then sign a rock of just everybody signs their name on a rock. And I keep that rock. And after they're all gone, I'm writing what I gained from that group. Right. So if it's this group taught me a lot about courage or this group taught me a lot about strength or the last group taught me a lot about being more open to anime and TV shows that I don't normally like little things like that. And I keep those. Right. And so they just think, oh, we're just signing our name on a rock because Miss Erica's weird and wants our names (laughs) on a rock. (laughs) But it also reminds me of why I'm doing the work. Right. So when that group is over, I sit in the room and I write what I gained from them. Everything you share, I feel in my heart, like it just, it's, (laughs) it's meaningful. It's connected. I'm thinking about the idea of if there's something about like legacy and women empowering women in this and that they're passing something down to the next group and the next, you know, iteration of this. And that just feels really important to me. And that for me, that was the biggest part when I was sitting there figuring out, okay, do I want to do a group? Can I do a group? It's like, I don't want it just to be you come in six to eight weeks and then you're, you're gone. That's it. Like we went yeah. through these skills, we checked off a box and we're done. I wanted it to be something that you're planting a seed. And yes, I might not see it right away because there are girls who only do one group. They do one group mm-hmm. and I never see them again, right? I like to think that they got everything they needed and they're off being great, you know, wherever they're at. But I wanted it to be a place where it's safe, you're connected and you have, you feel heard and understood, right? Yeah. And then you're taking that. And so you're interacting with people outside of this group and spreading that same level of compassion, and empathy to them as well. That's beautiful. That's so amazing. <laughs> did you see any kind of disruption with the pandemic? Like, did you go online at all? Or is this a group that is really best run in person? It is definitely best run in person. So we mm-hmm. attempted online because we were, when the pandemic hit, we were in the middle of a group. So we we're like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll just finish out online. And I attempted to start on an only online group and it just wasn't the same. Like, And I think for a lot of my kids, they were exhausted 
right? Yeah. They were doing school online, you know, everything was online and they're just like, I don't want to be on camera. And you also mm-hmm. don't get the same energy as being in the room. And so True. we did kind of, we're like, all right, we'll take a break. We'll wait till it's safe. We reduced the number of kids that could be in the group so we could meet mm-hmm. safely, which was, even that was a little weird. <laughs> like only having like four people in a room, it's like, oh, we need, we need more. Like this is fun, <laughs> but this doesn't really work. Right. If one right. person doesn't show up, like now we're out of luck. Um, but definitely it works way better in person, uh, online. I think online would work for girls who've already completed one or two of rounds of groups. So they, cause they sure. kind of know the, the, the familiar, they're familiar with the program and they know what to expect, but as mm-hmm. someone coming in new, it just, it just didn't work. Yeah. I think there is a certain energy about some groups that just need that container of being in person and being together. And this sounds like one of them. Yes. If there were a new therapist wanting to run girls empowered groups in whatever way that looks like for them, because you have your signature program that is yours, but you know, if they wanted to break into this work, what would you tell them? Like what would be important for them to know or do to really deliver it with excellence? Like you do. Just be intentional, Mm -hmm. right? There, there are hundreds of curriculums out there that you can just pick up and just read you know, right from the page, but it has to be intentional and you have to be authentic, you know, especially with teenage girls, they pick up on everything, right? (laughs) They know when you're not being real. (laughs) And so if you want it to be a successful group, one, listen to what they're asking for. Like I said, we have spent many sessions where I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And then we're talking about cooking shows, right? (laughs) It's like, okay, this still has some meaning for them. So let me figure out how to pull it back together but be intentional about showing up in that space. You're not there to necessarily tell them this is how you need to be in the world. You're just there to kind of lay a foundation and let them tell you what that means for them and how they show up. And a lot of what you're saying really leans on the strengths of being a good group facilitator, right? Is like you go in with a plan and then that plan is torn apart and that's okay. And you pivot and you <laughs> yeah. make it work <laughs> and you really yeah. like read the room and you make sure that you're, you're delivering a group or, you know, joining in a part of a group that, that is getting what it needs. And you're making sure you're sprinkling in the agenda as well as a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not easy for everyone. So props to you that you can you can have the plan and be willing to pivot and make it all work at the same time. Your group clients are lucky to have that quality in you. Oh, thank you. Well, Erica, I am a big fan of your work and everything that you do. Tell others where they can find you if they want to learn more about you and what you're up to. Yes. So this cracks me up every time I have to say it out loud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our website is no crappy therapist with an S.com. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) It started as a joke. I'm like, oh, nobody, like, this is going to be the easiest website for people to remember because nobody remembers when it's this long name, right? And we just ran with it. But on there, you can find links to like all of the groups that we do. It has everybody's bio, things like that. On social media, I'm Scottsdale Child Family Therapy on Instagram. Uh, Working on changing that though, because it's confusing to have two different ones. And the same on Facebook. Love it. And now I'm like enthralled with your website title. I'm going to go visit it (laughs) immediately. Um, It's, you know, on brand authentic. Thank you for being here. And I'm just excited that you exist. Let's end on that. (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited you exist because your stuff helped out a lot figuring out how to be intentional about what I was doing. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, groupie. Thanks for listening. For more resources on how you can market, fill, and run your group in private practice, check me out at becomeagroupguru.com. 